When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that's young on paper, but has an old soul inside of it. And his name is Bradford. <laughs> oh, no. Well, at least it's not Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a good thing for all of us. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Bradford, knock it off. Bradford, <laughs> thank you for coming. We're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Today, we're going to talk about partners. I'm going to hug you so hard. What? You're going to break up with me. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna knee you so hard in the nuts, you're going to fall in love with me. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Great. I know the way to your heart is through, through your, your nut sack. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got Bradford into bed. Oh, God. But first. But first. Well, B-U-T-T first. Uh, but um, first, the way uh, Tina Belcher lives her life. Um, A couple things. A couple things. Uh, uh, so, uh, a correction. Not, eh. I mean. Update. We're, we're, a correction update. An update correction. Because, like, then it's like, is am I, are we supposed to play the news theme song first and then no, do updates? No, you do this like, now. God damn it. We've done it both ways, Kyle. I guarantee we've no, done you, it both no, ways. No, no, no. You, you're not updating a news story. We said something during a news story that we want to let you know more info on. Fine. We were talking about donating blood, and we were talking about them excluding people that are on PrEP or mm -hmm. PEP, actually, mm -hmm. from donating blood and why, and then wondering, is that because that does something to HIV tests? Well, you said for the at least testing the blood then that, that it affects the tests, which then it was like, oh, shit, my test. Like, but I go in to get tested, and what's... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm reading from uh, Gary Blick, MD, who is the Chief Medical Officer of Healthcare Advocates International. And uh, this is on thebody.com, which is an HIV AIDS resource page. And uh, just answering the question, can PEP or PrEP delay antibody test results for HIV? Here we go. The bottom line with both PEP and PrEP is that they are designed to stop HIV from getting inside a person's CD4 cells and beginning to replicate. If a person is exposed to HIV, PEP and PrEP can prevent an HIV infection from taking place which means that no matter what type of HIV test you take or when you take it, it will come back negative because PEP or PrEP has succeeded in stopping you from becoming HIV positive. The real question is, if for some reason PEP or PrEP doesn't succeed, will it take longer for an HIV test to come back positive because HIV medications are already present inside a person's body? The answer is yes. <laughs> Potentially, but it's not likely. Quote, although PEP and PrEP are very effective, if someone has already acquired HIV before starting on PrEP or isn't taking PrEP as directed or started PEP too late to prevent infection, the presence of antiretrovirals can have an impact on the accuracy of HIV testing. As from Matthew Hodson, who is the executive director of NAM, which is a UK-based charity that provides HIV information to the public. People on PEP or PrEP may have a delayed antibody response, which would extend the window period for an antibody test. But the key word here is may, as in, although PEP or PrEP may delay an HIV antibody test, it is not guaranteed to do so. PEP and PrEP typically do not delay the time period when it's optimal to get tested for HIV, but it can in some circumstances. Hmm. Does that answer your question or clarify it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like... You're going down like 
multiple layers of unlikelihood. It's unlikely if you're taking it as directed that this would even come up. So if you're what you know, this is it's 99% effective or whatever, you know, if you take it correctly some depending on what you take maybe 90 percent, 95 percent, whatever but that's there's other percentages often if you use it incorrectly or, or something ha- like but if you're in one of those weird cases you may not know as immediately as i would think yep. which is on my you know every three month test and if help you if it helps you there, there are three main types of antibody tests there's the uh, sorry of, of hiv tests nucleic acid test and that tells you uh, if you've been in, in, infected within 10 to 33 days after exposure. That's the window. Uh, antigen antibody combo test, that is 18 to 45 days. And an antibody test, which is 23 to 90 days. And I guess in some circumstances, PEP or PrEP can put you towards the longer mm. uh, uh, part of those windows that I just mentioned. Um, and and that, so that's... It's already variable, but something something about PEP and PrEP can push you towards the longer ranges of those windows for these tests to be accurate. So what I'm going to take away is like the longest time frame you said was 90 days. So when I have, you know, I go every three months. So when I have two and it's three months apart and they're both negative, that's my confirmation. Yep. You know, yeah. Yep. And I, I think that's why it's quarterly too. Like uh, different the CDC recommends quarterly. And I, I think that the manufacturer of most prep, um, like requires, like requires that. Yeah. Have uh, an appointment. And yeah, but y- like your mileage may vary in your jurisdiction. Yeah. International folks. Yeah. I think that's helpful. That was like a, just a weird specific thing that came up and sounded a little scary at first. Yeah. Just take, take your prep before you take it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, um <laughs> you're going to take it. Oh, okay. Take it. I got there with you. <laughs> together because we're partners in this um i also want to mention we uh collaborated with queers in your ears you can go uh they are a podcast you can go to their podcast queers in your ears and check out our appearance on there or if you are a patreon subscriber we just had a fun random haven't done that before just had them on our patreon as a bonus segment so go check them out i think we had some fun conversations like them a lot so they're a goddamn adorable Yeah, yeah yeah so go check that out um Another thing I've been I've mentioned most on the Patreon that I've been like freelancing working on another podcast. The episode that I worked on, one of the episodes I worked on is now out. So the podcast is called Leave Looking Up and my episode is with Claire Wasserman and while she does not discuss her like identity or whatever, she's married to a woman. So I don't know how she defines herself, but she's, you know, part of the team and <laughs> yeah, go go take the, take a listen to that she it's totally different than ours it's an interview podcast but they don't say fuck ever so yeah like, <laughs> and then and then and then email them and say whoever did your editing was fucking oh yes amazing. sure <laughs> yeah 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 don't you don't that's not um lastly we did a survey thank you so much to everyone who filled it out and we said we'd pick even the mean ones even the you. mean there were there was few and far between but they were there and you know what your 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 meanness was heard <laughs> we heard you <laughs> we feel you um uh but the winners of the uh, $50 gay pride apparel gift card are chris moyle Fe- I have to read names twice in this episode. Frederick Hilborn and Marina Sprague, probably. So um, thank you so much to everyone who did that. We appreciate it. Yeah, let us know what you buy. Yeah. Now the news. Now the news. Shut your mouth hole. It's time for your ear holes. News. 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 News the first. 
uh, sort of an unsung hero of the gay community. Thank has you so much, Mike. I've been waiting for someone to recognize. Has died. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charles Silverstein, who is one of the authors of The Joy of Gay Sex, has died at the age of 87. He is most famous for making the presentation before the APA in 1973 that led to the removal of homosexuality from the DSM. Damn. Yeah. Uh, And then was also a co-author of the landmark book, The Joy of Gay Sex. Um, So he's talking about gay sex before it was like cool to talk about gay sex. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Jeffrey Masters, friend of the show, Jeffrey Masters, who was on our show uh, way back in season one, did a really awesome interview with him on LGBTQ and a just uh, last year. So it, it's, it's fairly, fairly fresh. But in that, uh, Dr. Silverstein says, quote, the first time I had sex with a guy was a big learning experience. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Fortunately, he did. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, yeah, just like one of those people that I don't, I don't know that I'd ever heard of him before. Like I knew of that book and I knew that we were removed from the DSM as like, a mental illness but i didn't know that there was like this person has not been famous he's just been working hard for us and 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 so i i, I just wanted to make some space for 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 him because he's he's uh super important and now he's dead <laughs> and we need more people working on educating people on on gay sex and not just hiv AIDS. that's like there's so much more that goes into it yeah no one like you're not going to learn things you need to learn in school and you're certainly not going to learn the joy of uh, sex how to do it. And so you have to learn from porn, which that's not great yeah. or from your partner. So it's, you know, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. News. The second. So I, this is really interesting because normally we think of the United States as being the one that is like, it has issues and we do, but, yeah, but, yeah. but we're not the only ones that have issue, oh. issues. So a gay man going by Aziz M because uh doesn't want his full name to be used is suing the government of Canada. And he's challenging the constitutionality of a policy that restricts gay and bisexual men from donating sperm. He said, quote, it's like you're undesirable because of your gayness as a donor. It feels like such an arbitrary rule. Now, so so uh, uh, Health Canada prohibits gay and bisexual men from donating sperm to a sperm bank unless, just like with blood, they've been abstinent for three months or are donating to someone they know who signs a waiver. Hmm. And it's and my guess is they don't have the same requirements of straight people. Well, it's so the the rule is, have you banged another dude Mm, mm. in the last three months? Right. But then the real question is, what's the reason for the policy? Is it because you don't want to accidentally have an icky gay dude's baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and is that something that we have to disclose to people that like you have you have tainted gay sperm, even though there's absolutely nothing wrong with it? Um it's just it's it's super interesting, and he he uh, he's from Toronto. Says that the the, uh, the the policy makes him feel like a second class citizen, and even somebody who is in a long term monogamous relationship, if you are sexually active and you are gay or bi, then you can't donate, and that is weird and wrong, mm-hmm. especially when like there are straight dudes that are total fucking sluts who yeah. like that's you know yeah th- they get to they get to go for it. And then, as I mentioned, so so even though this is a new uh, a new suit that's that's happening and um, is uh, we'll we'll continue to follow it. Obviously, Canada isn't the only place that has has issues like that. Uh, I I also just this week I'm re- reading about 
in the United States, there are 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 people. Uh, there's a guy named Trifon uh, Roach Carter who's 26, who recently was rejected from the sperm bank of California uh, because he was gay, and the FDA says that uh, if if you are a man who has had sex with men anytime within the past five years, you cannot five donate. Years. You cannot donate sperm anonymously. And uh, his point is that's awfully interesting because uh, he's he's black and there is apparently a uh, a black sperm shortage. So he said, "quote that being a donor is essential to me as a gay black man because I feel like people ought to have the right to have families that look like me." Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. And uh, but apparently black sperm donors make up less than two percent of sperm donors, and there's like mm-hmm. a huge shortage of it. And uh, the last thing that we should be doing is discriminating against people who are gay that want to donate when we need it. Yeah, five years. Jesus, that's... Man, don't even think about getting a little drunk in college and having some fun. Like <laughs> that'll that shit's on your permanent record now. I mean, I don't remember who I banged five months ago, much less five <laughs> years. It might be a different thing, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting, especially when you start looking at these policies, the United States, Canada, wherever, that like they don't really hold up under scrutiny and it does just come down to you don't want to accidentally have a gay kid because you had gay sperm and that's not yeah. how it fucking works yeah yep yep totally news the last yeah well we've been talking a lot off and on about like lesbian bars are disappearing there's mm-hmm. the lesbian bar project that is you know tracking the rapid decline but uh there's a new there's a new lesbian bar in <gasps> los angeles that's opening it's called ruby fruit and uh some people are sad because the place used to be a restaurant called Ezet. E-S-Z-E-T-T, in the Silver Lake neighborhood of Los Angeles. Uh, The restaurant specialized in natural wines and unusual cuisine. Not anymore. It specializes in getting puss and short haircuts. Yep. Yep. No, it's just just clams. No, I. Uh, I, I <laughs> the only uh, thing on the menu. They, they 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 closed last week, according to the L.A. Times. Um, and but uh, already has this lesbian bar that's going to uh, open up in that space. So Mara Herbkersman, um, who. <laughs> I love, thank you. I'm so glad that you had to say some names. Yeah. And they, they weren't home runs. That makes me so happy. Uh, has been the general manager of Azette for a while, and her colleague, Emily Bilagas. They are going to open Ruby Fruit, a lesbian bar, in that space in just a couple of weeks. It's, uh, according to them anyway, LA's first permanent lesbian bar since the Oxwood Inn closed in 2017. Wow. LA, like, these, it constantly surprises me, even though we've talked about it enough that it shouldn't anymore. Like, fucking LA, are you serious? (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes. And they're also sort of reasonably sure that it's going to be successful, or they have data that would support the supposition that they're going to be successful there because there are apparently pop-up establishments and lesbian party nights all over LA just not a permanent fixture Mm. and one of these pop-up nights that happen pretty regularly at Azette they used to have lesbian night called Lezette and uh, (laughs) that has been well attended and so you know it's already sort of established as is a a queer uh, a, a space for queer women so 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, quote, we know what we're stepping into. We are taking over a very beloved space and we're very grateful to uh, the, the old owners. We know that they're big shoes to fill. We're also very aware of the history of the lesbian bar as a concept, honoring the lineage of the people who have come before us. That's and uh, the name is an homage to Rita Mae Brown's famed 1973 lesbian novel, Ruby Fruit Jungle. Yeah. Um, Everyone go to Ruby Tuesdays. Go to... Go to <laughs> As before you go out to the Ruby room, Fruit, yeah. to Ruby Fruit, Ruby get Tuesdays. a nice full tummy, yeah. have some good food at a cheap price. <laughs> They're not sponsoring us. I just support them. <laughs> and then go to Ruby Fruit. <laughs> I don't know what Ruby Tuesday is. Oh, my God. That's the news. That's the news. Um, speaking of people I want in my tummy, thank you to following Patreon. Nom, nom, nom. Nom, 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 Thank you to Barret. Honeycut, so many double letters in your name, Barrett Honeycut, and <laughs> James Peach. Nope, James Keach. Um, we appreciate you and your money. That peach is giant. That Keach is giant. <laughs> so join our Patreon for bonus episodes, content, merch, merch discounts. Uh, pick Dick picks. Episode topic. Nope, they won't get that at all <laughs> unless you send it to us through Patreon, which please don't do that at all. Um, <laughs> you can see all the benefits um, at patreon.com slash gayishpodcast. There are monthly and annual options available depending on how you want to support us. Do it. And our recent um, Patreon segment with Queers in Your Ears is available there to listen to right now if you want to at patreon.com slash gayishpodcast. It's so good. So good. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. Uh, do you want to talk about partners? Let's talk about partners. Great. Uh, We're going to talk about the word is um, has a lot of meanings, has a lot of uses by a lot of different people. So I'm um, will be excited to get both yours and we're going to have guests on. Uh, they are the two bad tourists. Um, their names are Austin and David. Um, they're going to be on and we as a group are going to kind of break down the word, talk about if we like it, dislike it, how we feel about it and if we use it. I'm going to try to get them to bang me. Yeah. Yeah, no, not really. but I mean, I would. Uh, you, okay, <laughs> absolutely would. So, just heads up <laughs> when they listen to this later. Isn't that weird? Like they may listen to that though and hear that. Uh, they're both hot. They could fuck me if they want to. They, they can hear that. That's fine. That's a weird thing to say, Mike. Why? For the obvious reasons. <laughs> what obvious? What? You can't just walk around telling people I, you could fuck me if you want. Why That's not? weird. Why That's not? weird. It's not weird. Yes, it is. It's magical. It's we. It's a weird thing. Okay. If somebody said that to you, you it, wouldn't find it like. Flattering. I'm not talking about. It's still a weird thing to say. Okay. So we're going to talk I mean, about I the word partner, Mike. I don't do that at like at Costco. No, like, you I, do it indirectly on a podcast that you think they may listen to later instead of directly. We're going to talk about the word partners. Yeah. <laughs> and Mike, my partner, and I are going through a tough time right now. So we'll see if we can smooth over the discourse We're with very, them. very different people. And I think that's why it works. I know. You're always wrong. I'm always right. It's a fun dynamic. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to? We're going to take a break. And when we come back, <laughs> we're going to be with uh, Austin and David from The Two Bad Tourists. Which, if you want to rail Mike, apparently hit him up. Um, and then on our Patreon segment, you and I are going to, as really well detailed planned out, you and I are going to talk. We'll talk to them mostly about their relationship, which they have an interesting journey to share with us. But then we'll talk about us and our partnership and how that came about and how it is today. Yeah. And if we'll make it through these these current storms. <laughs> Do you want to take a break? Let's take a break. <laughs> Let's take a break. <laughs>
God, you're the worst. You're so that's <laughs> it is weird. It is weird. It is a weird thing. I don't know why you think it I it, it's it's not that you said it. It's that you don't think it's a weird thing to say. So, I would be fine if you just said, I agree. It's a, something every partner wants to hear. Calm down. Uh, no, I refuse. <laughs> Break. <laughs> we weren't still in it. Were oh. we still in it? I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. <laughs> we're back. I want to say, and we're back. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are here with the two bad tourists, Austin and David. They host the Queer Travel Chat podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, yeah. guys, for inviting us and giving us the opportunity to chat with you. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Okay, so Wait, hold, hold on. You're in what? Spain? You just said you're in Spain? We are in Spain. Madrid is home for 10 years, if you can believe it. We lived here for, it, this April will be 10 years. Okay, is that is that the best entry point for Spain? We're, we're, shut up! We're, they're going to be my travel agents now. <laughs> if I'm going to go to Spain for the first time, you're asking where to enter Spain. If I yeah, if I'm if I'm if I'm going to go to Spain and hang out and like like my first foray into the country, what should my destination be? Is it Madrid or would you go to Barcelona or would you go to I don't know? I mean, the way I look at it, Barcelona is definitely like probably more popular than than Madrid. Um, Barcelona is cool. It's cosmopolitan. It has the beach. Madrid is a little bit more like, like, I guess, local and more like Spanish uh, culture, whereas like Barcelona has kind of its own Catalan culture. So it sort of depends on what you want. Um, Barcelona has more architecture. Long story short, they're both big cities and popular and there's lots of stuff to do. You can't go wrong yeah. either way, no. but we're biased, obviously, because we love... Madrid. Yeah. If I were to say like, it's your first trip to Spain, you have like a good week to 10 days, fly in, do a couple days in Madrid, a couple days in Barcelona, then a few days in the south of Andalusia, that would probably be like enough. And you know, do like two, three days in each, and then you could get a good overview of the, of the country. It where would I have the highest chance of being bitten by a go-go boy? Because that's that's like my that's... my 2022 travel highlight. That would definitely be Madrid. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Madrid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so Madrid Madrid's the capital city, and it's like twice the size of Barcelona. So it has twice as many gay things and twice as many go-go boys that will potentially bite you. So yeah. excellent. Yeah, excellent. how gay friendly it is is exactly one of the main reasons we moved here is because it was just so gay friendly. Of course, they have their gay neighborhood Chueca, but the whole like city center is all super gay friendly gays are everywhere and so uh, we loved that it was like very much in a yeah. safe little gay bubble we came here so we actually came here the, the way that we started our blog was like uh in 2012 and we had been we had gone like backpacking style we were like traveling the world for like a year doing around the world trip madrid is one of our stops and we came during pride and madrid actually has the largest pride in europe and it's probably like the second largest in the world so we were just like overwhelmed by by like the gayness that was in the streets and just like how friendly and open it was and even after the parades and everything's uh were over like people were just still being like affectionate with each other like in all parts of the city not just in the mm. gay neighborhood so that's how we got kind of attached mm -hmm. to it and stayed and how does that mix with the religion, though, that like Spain is pretty religious, yeah, too, right? Well, it's funny. I always describe you, you might have a different opinion, but I always describe Spain as the most religious country that's not religious. I think that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so they're yeah. culturally religious, but in practice, most people, especially young people, are not religious. OK, we're going to get back to your worldwide trip and travels but we're gonna let's start off with the word partners because that is a word that like 
to me, there is a lot of meaning and opinions and use in that word. And I wanted to start off seeing, actually, Mike, you seem to have, before we started, have some opinions on the word partners. How do you feel about the word partners? Uh, It's just ambiguous. I just want it it to mean mean something because, like... I work for a company that's based in San Francisco. We're, you know, on the left coast here. And I feel like there are lots and lots of straight people, some of whom seem pretty gay when you meet them. I'm talking about <laughs> cute, cute dudes who, who then talk about their partner. And you don't know, okay, what kind of partner are we talking about? Is this a business partner? Are you, are, are you, are you straight and you are calling your lady friend your partner? Are you gay and your partners because you're not, you're more than boyfriends, but you're not married yet? I don't know. It just... The, the word seems almost ambiguous enough to not be useful. Okay, I'm going I'm to do the straw poll. So, Mike, Great. you don't seem to not like the word. Eh. You, you, your reaction to the word is eh. That's what you want to go down on record I, as. I'm, I'm ambivalent. Okay, yes. okay. <laughs> Solid eh. Cool. <laughs> Austin, how do you feel about the word partners? I definitely have mixed reactions to it. Um, I was just thinking, like, does this word come from the original use of like life partner when I feel like in maybe like the eighties or nineties people used it anyways, if that's, that makes sense to me, that feels like, then we just like took off the word life and it transformed. And then eventually straight people started using it too. Right. Uh, Yeah. Life partner makes me cringe. Yeah. Yeah. So so at least, at least it's gotten better over the years, but yeah, my, my mixed feelings are that like, I feel like in a, in a romantic relationship, which, um, which David and I, course don't have anymore which i'm sure we'll talk about in a minute but i feel like there's not the connotation to the word partner doesn't have like emotion tied to it in my opinion so like in a sense like if you're in a romantic relationship and then you call someone your partner it's like oh they're just your partner like that's it (laughs) like i don't feel like there's a lot of love in it but but at the same time like i spent many years using it because it's a word you can use without like really saying you're gay right like instead of saying my husband like oh you're fucking gay because you're a dude you can just say partner and because it's ambiguous you can kind of like want to like fly under the radar exactly so i have mixed i have mixed reactions it's interesting also mixed feelings and that's interesting about the like the amount of feeling that you prescribe to the word is that compared to words like husband or boyfriend yeah i feel like husband boyfriend they have they have a connotation of love right Mm. Um, whereas partner to me doesn't have this like emotional connotation to it. Interesting. David? I am a pro the word partner. I, I like it. I think it is just another way that it just gives us more words to describe the various types of relationships that we have. And I think that relationships are getting like more complex and we're having more options. And I think that's a good thing instead of just like, you know, you meet someone, you have your boyfriend or girlfriend, then your husband or wife, and then that's that. I, you know, we're taught that there's only one way to have a relationship. And of course, I, you know, in my opinion, there's infinite ways to have a relationship. So more words that you can use to describe that. And it's optional. Like no one's telling you, you have to use the right. word partner. So if you're like, I don't like that, that doesn't describe me, then don't use it. But if you do like it and it does describe the relationship, then I think it's a perfect word. I feel like my, my catch, like I get caught up with it because it's also used for things that are not relationships, right? It's for like business yeah. partner, right? So it has... Its uses can be for romantic relationships or that have nothing to do with like, you know, love relationships. But this reminds me of the the word partner in Spanish is pareja. And I like that word because it's only used 
to mean the word partner, but in romantic relationship settings. You would never use pareja to describe a business partner. So in, so in Spanish, I like the word because it can't be confused with anything and it's not ambiguous. But mm -hmm. on that note, we we do that all the time, though, with other words. Like your girlfriend can be your romantic girlfriend sure. or your girl, your friend that's mm -hmm. a girl. Or like in Spanish, again, Theo is like your uncle or it's like dude or bro. So it's like we do that already that's all fair. the time. So I but not with saying, boyfriend. But... but boyfriend is not <laughs> no, like boyfriend, no dude is out there like was hanging out well, with my true. boyfriends watching the game. It's your guy friend. Like, your guy friend. It's your, I, I my theory is that you know he's straight because he uses the word buddy. My buddy. That's straight. <laughs> only straight people say buddy. No gay or dude bro. is like I'm gonna go hang out with my buddies or my bros. I'm gonna hang out with my bros. Bro, what's up, bro? That guy is is he's a has a he's a whole nother thing that I won't get into, but. <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, because you were in a frat, and you're probably more used to people saying the word "buddy." The phrase, well, the the phrase "a buddy of mine" rolls off of my tongue pretty easily. That's very straight. Great. I think that's straight. <laughs> that's the most hateful thing you've ever said to me. Good, good. I will. That opinion, I will die for. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I I agree that I think more words is better, and it's like the part that I I both agree and disagree with, like. The ambiguity of do you mean business or relationship? I dislike that ambiguity. But Mike, you were saying like you don't like the ambiguity of meaning gay. And that's like, I feel like you like because you just want to know the information so often. It's like, mm -hmm. but what does this person want to tell you? And they're allowed to not want to disclose information or want to intentionally keep it like if especially if they're I don't know in the closet not sure how people re will react not don't want to get into this right here with you if that feels like the best word it's like yeah but they also don't owe you a description of if they're gay and what their relationship is. yeah and I think a lot of people like the word partner and I think straight people are adopting it too uh especially because if they don't want to get married or they've been together for a long time like if they're thinking, you know, this word boyfriend, girlfriend sounds young. It sounds mm. like what young people yeah. are using to describe their relationships. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I'm 45 and I've been with my partner for 20 years, but yeah. we're not going to get married because we don't want to get married. So saying my boyfriend, girlfriend just doesn't really describe what it is. So when it's clear that it's your relationship and you use the word partner, I think it gives people a better word. And I, I know that my sister does the same. She refers to her partner uh, they've been together for, I don't know, roughly 10 years. They don't want to get married. Uh, so she'll just go in and out of husband or partner mm -hmm. and maybe even sometimes boyfriend. She just, it, I think it depends it's on who she's true. talking to in that moment. And it's, I think that's fair that she gets to do that. It's like the word boyfriend or girlfriend is a temporary term on the way to marriage or breakup. Yes. Right? Like yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a like, one track when you have to. <laughs> in, in that context, the word partner does imply some sort of commitment, even if it's not like yeah. a legal or an official one. I think people one. are using it that way. Yeah, you're not. It's not merely your boyfriend or girlfriend, which has this like frivolous connotation mm. to it. But it's like this yeah. is a, this is a solid thing. Yeah. Well, that's why Austin, you mentioned about the like the part of the the feelings. I think I when people started using partner, I thought that had more feeling in it because to me, girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife, those sounded like legal designations mm. almost. Like it's gotten to the point where it's like. I'm telling it's it's one of those two because of we got we had a wedding and we signed a contract and so this is my wife or his partner like that started thinking like it was like oh we have we have come together we have joined together and we are partners like that that to me I don't know it, it just made me rethink like oh like this is like this is 
the the I don't know this how you feel about your relationship or this person. So it, to me, it, it's interesting. It has more feeling than than some of the other words. That's an interesting take. Well, it's definitely better than life partner. Let's all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> that th- did that used to be a gay thing? I feel like yeah, yeah that was like to use that. That was so. like in the eighties, nineties kind of term, I think. Right or or you know, lover also. Lover, gets oh me to god, cringe. lover. Oh, and you do lover. see that. <laughs> like yes in older things yes they would describe their relationships as their lover that was that's just i i see that all the time mike you have you have you I have just, icky face it, you have i had a lemon face I, yeah i hate that word for that <laughs> I, I, do. I don't know mm. I love it. well we have a, a newly single friend here who is like he, he doesn't want to be in any more committed relationships and he's yeah. like i just want you know to have various lovers and i'm like i understand what you're saying but every time well, you say lover I but cringe. that's kind of like just how we're saying like you move on from boyfriend girlfriend to partner you move on from hookup to lover right because oh. hookup is like huh. has less i was just like... thinking it's like a classy version of slut <laughs> it is. that's what i thought i was like do you want to fuck a bunch like let's just call a hoe a hoe his name is richard <laughs> hi richard <laughs> Hi, Dick. <laughs> oh my God! I've never thought about. It. We should just call him Dick next time. <laughs> He'll appreciate it. Well, so speaking of Dick, you guys, uh, <laughs> you guys love your transitions. You guys were together in a, a sexual romantic way uh, back in the day. Did you ever reach like partner status? Did you ever use that word for yourselves? Tell us a little bit about your story. So we met. Um, we met in twenty. 2006. Actually, we were in a fraternity also, but we were in a gay no fraternity. Way. Yeah. So we were in a gay fraternity, which is where we actually met as Arizona State. And oh, we that's didn't a party. So, okay. I'm, I'm going to stop you <laughs> at gay fraternity. <laughs> Whatever you had planned to talk about, go ahead and forget that. I, I didn't, so didn't want to mention it. <laughs> it's, not, it's I, not what you would think. I, yes, that's what really I was going to ask. There's like, way the, less like sex and hookup. Yeah. Okay. Except for us. But is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you say as you describe how you started your relationship. <laughs> I mean, is there any? Is there su- is there some level of like kind of interfraternity like hooking up and stuff? I mean, definitely it happens like from time to time, but it's like absolutely not the focus. And and um, Mike, you were in a fraternity, so you would kind of know this process. Like when you join a fraternity, it's called rushing, and like as part of the gay fraternity, it's, it's very explicit in the rules for this eight or 12 week period that you're absolutely not to have any sort of like, you're not supposed to fraternize with your other um, pledge brothers. You're not supposed to hook up with any of the other people in the fraternity. There are occasionally rule breaks, of right. course, but, but, it's but you'll get kicked out if yeah. that's, if, if someone finds that's out because, true. because the organization that we were a part of, like really wanted to make it like the fraternity is is for the scholarship and the community. It's not about hooking up, right? Because there's so many other places you can go and hook up. And and we really do uh, refer to each other as as our brothers or or, or our siblings. Huh. And that is it. Really does. I say that because uh, we have a, a trans member oh, as well. True, yeah. So yeah. Um, for for our, our trans uh, siblings as well. Anyway, um, it, you do become like it's like family. So you yeah. don't want to hook up with them because you actually like you go through this process so sometimes yes um romances happen or hookups happen but it's really not maybe like the porn that you yeah it's, it's not as much as you want it to be yeah. and what you're like playing in your it's head. better in the porn and in fact like yeah, david and i didn't even start dating until six months after we had met and we had been in the we followed the rules yeah we followed the rules that does speak to like both you know, there's part of me that dreams that you, you know, have pillow fights in your underwear f- for realsingtons at, a, at the frat or, yeah. but like, but that's just like our assumption. Anytime you do 
say and you have the gay the word gay describe anything you just assume everyone's having so. sex yeah and that's that's Except not the case gay retirement so. home. or maybe, maybe i mean it it's does, does, not, not happening still, but well, maybe it is maybe there is having maybe they're having sex there too <laughs> they are yeah okay. have you had an episode on that <laughs> just yeah. a couple of weeks ago yeah, yeah. Did you? Oh. <laughs> but, but we didn't get like really it, it was a polite conversation so we didn't oh, get to be like and where do you put it specifically <laughs> like, you know or like but, but that'll be an, we'll have another episode uh, yeah. where we can get slutty on with, yeah. with the, the rainbow elders yes <laughs> okay so we can that that is all my fault we can go back to oh yeah sorry dating yeah, yeah and you totally like change the topic to gay fraternity okay no, this, so the episode topic just changed <laughs> the description yeah. just gay changed gay fraternities <laughs> right, let's go back yeah, to too the late now thing. okay yes. so yeah so we met in the gay fraternity um, we were boyfriends for mm -hmm. uh, four years, or as your friend Carly's mom liked to call us, um, your friend. Mm. Do you remember when she was just like, <laughs> she oh, just no. like, it, there, multiple, she just continued to like introduce me as like his friend. And I was like, I'm not oh. his friend, I'm his boyfriend. She was the sweetest thing, but she just like, your couldn't. grandma did the same to me as well. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so four years as boyfriends, I think four, and then we got married in 2010. Yes. More or less. So, and then we were, so I guess we were married for about eight years. So together for 12. So we were, yeah, it was, our labels were always like boyfriend and then husband and, and ex-husband. Yeah. And we never really <laughs> used the word partner. I definitely used partner like in straight scenarios where it was awkward. Like at work, I tended to use the word partner oh, more than husband. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. to, to not oh come God. out? No, I definitely, I definitely would come out. It's just the word husband, as I said earlier, makes me seem way more gay. And mm. the word partner, even though they like kind of know you're gay, it's like without the flag, right? Hmm. I take offense to this. <laughs> well, uh, but, but you're already divorced, so you can't get more divorced. Well, so uh, we're going to go. <laughs> well, in fact, we're not divorced. No, we'll get back to that in a second. Yeah, well, and Wait, on this topic what? of labeling our relationship. So we got married in 2010 in Arizona. So uh, same-sex marriage was legalized in 2015, yep. I think, in the U.S., so, yeah. you know, when we got married, we had a wedding, everyone came We and, you know, we put the rings on the finger. And from that day on, I, it didn't matter to me or to us what the law was. We yeah. were husbands mm -hmm. and we used that word because, right, right. you know, we deserved it and we wanted to. So um, the same thing for like when we broke up about five years ago. I think it was four years ago. Four, four years year, ago this year. Four years ago. So we're still legally married. Uh, it's on the to-do list. Uh, but well, I mean, we refer to each other as ex-husbands because for me, it's never, the law is never how I define a relationship. Like these are all technicalities. But then anytime he says ex-husband, I always correct him. Like, actually, we're still married. <laughs> but it's a technicality. <laughs> we are ex-husbands because that's the, uh, that's the relationship making... status. Well, we, yeah, making... we, we are ex-husbands, but we're still married. But we are still married. But, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I love... Oh, there's... You guys are a delightful train wreck. I just want you to know this. Like, it's magical. Listen, I, no, I. We have to. It, it's also visa purposes. Yeah, This is exactly well, what I was just going to ask you if you're if you're mm. still utilizing any of the the legal benefits yeah. of being so, married because there are lots of them. Exactly. So in fact, when we moved to Spain, because we hadn't been legally married in the U.S. because it wasn't married or it wasn't legal at the time, obviously, we got married in Spain specifically for visa reasons because David had a, a, a visa for teaching English. He got a job here. But because I wasn't legally, you know, contracted to him by any sort of state, I couldn't stay. But in order to get a visa, I, I would just have to get married. So we got we married in 2012. Yeah, so we so we got married here in Spain in 2014 before it was legal in the US. So that marriage in Spain, the legal one was 
purely for visa reasons. Although we were a couple. We were we a couple. Were, we, we, uh, we were already married in our eyes, but that was just like yeah. signing the legal papers so that I could get my visa. Um, and then so honestly, the reason why we didn't get divorced right away was be- because of visa reasons as well, because we were on what they called temporary residency and we had to wait until I was a permanent resident so I could get disassociated with him. Now I'm permanent so I can that happened last be here year. on my own without being mm-hmm. married, but we just haven't gone through the... Uh, it's also it's expensive effort, in Spain yeah. to go through the process. Does this ever come up like if you're trying to date someone? I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, yeah. Does, when you're trying to date someone else, you have to be we like, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you have to be like, okay, here's the deal. Technically, I'm married, but it's not a thing. It's fine. I guess I can tell this. Honestly, I'm kind of the kind of, yeah, you tell your story, but I'm well, the kind of person where I just like show all my cards like, right up front and if someone has a problem like i don't give a fuck like bye i don't need to talk to you but okay wait wait austin you just said that you when you were at work that you would use the word partner as a like that's so you true. weren't but, 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 but that's like living in like a straight world that was also like 10 15 years mm. ago living in a straight world and like a very and i worked as an engineer so it was like this very like heteronormative place i'm talking mm. about like if i if i have a boyfriend now and i've had a boyfriend for three and a half years I, haven't had that many boyfriends after David, actually. But yeah, I guess if I was ever dating someone, I like I just very clearly mm. make them aware that David is in my life. And regardless of the scenario, like whether we're legally married or not, like he's still my best friend. So if you have a problem with that, like, sorry. Okay, <laughs> but also, isn't your boyfriend married? Yes, <laughs> my boyfriend's still married. My boyfriend still lives with his ex-husband, but still They're legally still legally married. married. <laughs> Oh, that's so, perfect! You're like we get each yeah, other. He lives in Bar- totally, totally. Yeah. Do you guys? Do you guys live together? No, no. We live in the same neighborhood, yeah. but we don't live together. No, and okay, my okay, boyfriend okay. actually lives in Barcelona. Um, I'm in Madrid, and we've had a long distance relationship for three and a half years. But but he will be moving here like in the coming months. Yeah. Uh, but oh, David has and has a. I met. A I'm I'm newly single, but I met my uh, last boyfriend about three years ago, and I told him you know i'm still legally married just so you know and how did you meet him and exactly. you know out in the club and he, <laughs> he was like oh, oh no problem <clears throat> i am too and i was like oh that's great and i'm like who's your you know your house <laughs> legal partner <laughs> and uh it was his sister because uh, is not was is it still is um, because uh, they are from Colombia, and so they were immigrating here to Spain. So for him to move here, he um, his aunt, I think, came here first. She adopted him so that he got legal status uh, when he moved here because he was 15. And then 10 years later, they tried to get his sister over. So they went to some small town in Colombia where I guess they don't keep track of who is family and got legally married. And then that allowed her to move here. So... I was like, okay, your story is way weirder than my story. Wow. So I think we're good. So both of us so, were like, yeah, we get it. Marriage is like a legal contract right. to try to advance yourself in life. Like He married his sister? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to summarize, the Cliffsnotes version is, <laughs> is my ex-husband is my best friend. And my boyfriend still lives with his ex-husband. And David's ex-boyfriend is married to his sister. That he just broke So, uh, talking about the word partners, <laughs> mine, I'm right? just like, you know what? <laughs> partners is great, and I think we need more words to describe relationships. 
Well, this, this this very much reminds me of like the true historical thing that happened of people, uh, gay men would adopt, legally adopt their boyfriend, partner, mm -hmm. person, oh. so that there was a legal relationship there for things like passing down um, property or for oh. insurance purposes. Like that, that's, that was like the only legal way that we had to solidify a, a, a relationship in a, like a financial legal mm -hmm. sense yeah. and the, like you know it you use the system you know if that's what <laughs> that's what i didn't realize we were getting into like laws yeah the laws are uh, unjust so like yeah using them exactly. to our to our advantage in the way we want is like there's no way we're going to fix all the laws. We, we should continue working on it, but there's no way we're going to fix it. So like, I like the idea of what's on paper is for legal, for technicalities, for doing things versus like it, that doesn't, what's on paper does yeah. not define what our relationship is. And we get to define that however we want. Yeah. For, for yeah. a few years, we joked about having a six way divorce um, because then it <laughs> oh, would, like, yeah. we could all split the costs. But I think David's <laughs> He just broke up. With it's the least no, exciting six way that. So it'll just it'll just be a it'll just be a four way divorce divorce at this point. Okay. Just a four way. Just a four way. Just another Friday night. That also reminds me. <laughs> there was a brief period of time in Washington State. We uh, we legalized um, every. We had an everything but marriage law, so we had uh, legal domestic partnerships for same sex couples, and then. Uh, we voted as a state to legalize gay marriage. This was before Obergefell v. Hodges. Just in the state of Washington, we legalized uh, gay marriage. But we didn't repeal the law for domestic partnerships. So there was this loophole that people were talking about of like, Kyle and I could get married, but then we could each still be domestic partners legally with someone else. That so you could daisy chain these huge poly communities together by having spouse, domestic partner, spouse, domestic partner, spouse, domestic partner. And then this outstanding question of like, what the fuck do we do if it collapses? Like, how do you, <laughs> do, you do you have a six way divorce? Because that might be what Domino we would effect. have to do. Yeah, you remove one piece of the chain and the yeah. whole thing falls apart. Yeah, but but they, they fixed it. The legislature fixed it. That oh, it's your bummer. I actually like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, we breeze right past the kind of your your non-business relationship like your personal relationship and kind of what happened that caused the end of that as much as you want to go into oh no well, we're fine david's the one who broke okay. up with me so i'll let him explain <laughs> uh we oh, were david <laughs> david we were together uh 10 or 12 years 12 years we were together 12 years uh so a long time and that's i mean that's why we're you know still like family best friends and, and family um, but we were just on different tracks. Um, I very much wanted a family and, uh, Austin, when we got together, I made that clear and we were both always agreed that we were going to have a family eventually. Yeah, I and, was saying all the words, but yes. I wasn't doing any reactions. <laughs> and we were never making strides toward that. And, you know, around year 10, I'm just like, okay, I think we were like ready to do this. And I kept, you know, kind of pushing that. And it was that clear was, that it was never really going to happen. I the brakes, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we just I wanted to I, I don't think I knew that I didn't want a family until like we split up and then I kind of had like a sense of relief I'm like oh I don't have to go through this process that I mm. guess I don't really want to do I spe specifically remember this one day we were somewhere around Spain touring and there was a stork flying by I was like oh give me a baby and then you like did a gunshot <laughs> and you're like <laughs> And I tried to shoot as a dog. Like, that nah, should have been my red flag. Yeah, it should have been my red flag. Like, hello. Like, I like, so like, oh, of course you wanted to kill the store. I'm like chasing it. You're trying to shoot it down. Wow. You know, sometimes you don't know what's right in front of your face. But, oh my God. 
I didn't. That's see a it, if if I write that into a script someday, I'll give you credit. <laughs> that's a wonderful metaphor for <laughs> what happened. Absolutely, I love that it. Sums it up. How much of this, like, I feel like straight couples might have been more likely to just give in and have a family, or at, you know, by ten years, you're like, okay, we need to fucking do this. I feel. Uh, I, that I, my, that's just my sense is that they yeah. may have been more likely to dive into something oh, yeah. a family sure. it, when they didn't want it. To, did being gay help this? No, definitely. I yes. feel I feel like there are so many straight relationships out there where people are just kind of stuck in them and like living this American dream, but they're actually really miserable, right? Like, yeah. and it's it's because of this sort of social construct of marriage and particularly like monogamy, and you have to like have a family and do this, and and if you you know, don't follow that. You're, you're not an outcast, but you're not like seen as part of the social norm. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because, because we are gay and we already, you know, pronounced to the world, like our homosexualness and we're different, <laughs> we can kind of do different things. It's sort of just more accepted. Yeah. I also remember it, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were breaking up, I remember you texted me once and, and said, well, what if we did adopt? I don't, do you remember that? Vaguely. Uh, and I remember that and I just thought, no, that sounds like a bad idea because you never add a, a baby to the picture <laughs> yeah. to, to fix a relationship. <laughs> yeah, right. And I think that it really, uh, so being gay, yeah. I think played to our advantage because yeah. um, obviously we could knock each other up. And I think that may, we don't know, but I, you may not have been happy had that happened. You know, I think way. I would have been, I think I would have had like mixed feelings, right? Yeah. Like I, I would have, I'm sure love my kids and my family family but there would have been this part of me that was like eating me up everything inside, else that you're missing out but on i'm like life. i just don't yeah there's a part of me that doesn't want that's... to do this which which i actually think there's a just a huge percentage of straight relationships where one of the parents may like be feeling that but no one ever really talks yeah. about and, it and i say thank yeah. god that we figured that out before we put kids into the picture well and i always describe our relationship as like the most successful breakup ever because <laughs> right? like at the end of the day like we're still best friends we, I mean, more than friends, we're family. We still run a business together. We hang out. Like, we still have a great relationship. So, mm -hmm. as far as relationships go and breakups go, like, they couldn't really get any better, to be honest. So, yeah, talk to us about that. Like, I have this habit of when I break up, I'm like, I run far away mm. metaphorically like i do not answer your text we are not hanging out we are not going to try to be friends like i do like a complete cutoff of everything that is my habit so the like what you've done is just baffling to me as a, like it's just so different than what i how i handle my breakup so how did you decide to like why did you want to continue this and how did you do it successfully well i think first it helped us a lot to to not have it be so, i mean of course it was hard that you know i think the first year was the hardest but we were together 12 years the first six we were monogamous the last six we were open I also had a boyfriend in there for about a year where we were poly. We'll so get back to that. We were like very <laughs> uh, used to, um, you know, seeing each other with other people. So that part wasn't. Yeah, so... we never had we, we never had jealousy at all for yeah. the 12 years of our relationship. And we yeah, we could always sort of talk about the fact that the other person is always going to be attracted to other people. Like, so that was never a question. So I think that made it easy, easier to like. Yeah, to, to see the other person kind of move on and, you know, meet other we have and always and just wanted, I think, the happiness for the other person. Yeah. So that's why we were, I think that helped with the open relationship. I think that helped with the breakup. As long as the other person was happy, I think that that was the most yeah. important thing. Yeah, I also see. feel like after the breakup or during the breakup and after, there was never a, a doubt in either of our minds 
that it wouldn't be like this. And I don't think we ever had to have a conversation like, are you sure it's okay that we stay in touch and that we don't cut? Like, there was no other way for us to do it. We did, and we there was another uh, gay couple that we used to, like, we modeled our breakup after. Uh, It was... um, Matt and Fabrice. Yes, Matt and Fabrice. And these are, like, two colleagues of Austin's, or they work in the same industry. And um, we they're, like you know, really good friends. And when we were together, we we're having dinner with them once and we would joke afterwards, like, oh, we need to be like them if we ever break yeah, up, thinking yeah. we were never going to break up. And then we did eventually. And we were like, okay, mm-hmm. that was our model. So we did actually have a, a nice example. And I think that that is often hard in the gay community to sure. have examples of successful relationships or successful breakups or, you know, there's just maybe not as much. And uh, they they really are kind of the, the, the same, right? But like 10 years, they did it like 10 years earlier because they were together, obviously, but before we met them and after when we met them they each had their own you know partners husbands whatever the four of them would like hang out and travel together and then the two exes were still business partners so it's very much like how how david and i kind of progressed and before david broke up with his boyfriend last week the four of us would like go and travel and hang out together and and all that i had heard of conscious uncoupling is how i heard it described when like five years or so that i attended i kind of knew but mostly was friends with this friend but like there was this couple that were married and they were getting divorced and they had like a conscious uncoupling party where they invited and Coldplay singer yeah <laughs> yes. oh really chris whatever the fuck Martin. yes i didn't um they they like had an event they had a like invited people out yeah. to a bar to have that. a divorce kind of a, we've not, talked about having a a divorce party i think it's great you should yeah. celebrate it <laughs> you can make it sad or celebrate it yeah I, I i do think it's really awesome to sort of decouple the idea that uh that breaking up or ending a romantic relationship equals failure Mm-hmm. So I I, yes. I think that we end up sort of like crumpling up and throwing away a lot of exactly. like really good shit because we're expected to freak out and hate each other and and uh, or be super sad and disappointed that it w- that we failed somehow. Yeah. And right. it doesn't have to be that way, especially after 12 years. Right. Like right. I just look at that as 12 years of success and Absolutely. well done. And and then after 12, like it wasn't working. So we moved on to the next thing. I think especially with straight people and especially with straight guys the thing you're supposed to do is say she was a bitch she was crazy yeah. they're, they're like things you're supposed well, to she is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he pointed at me <laughs> um you're supposed to talk about how bad this person was yeah. and how horrible they were when like uh, unless they it's like mine i feel like i've ended for bad reasons that was like no i actually don't want you in my life but like but they don't have like you can still like you're describing, like, care for, want the best for this person. You don't have to end it because someone's a horrible person. And right. it's like, you spent all that time together. Are you sure? Like, yeah. oh, th- that whole time they were just a horrible person and you're just now saying it out? Like, it doesn't make sense that all of a sudden they become a villain. I just keep yeah. he- I just keep people hearing horrible person. <laughs> you really, like, emphasize the whore parts. <laughs> I, you know, I have some ex-boyfriends, so. Okay, you know, for me, I think, because I have some that I talk to and, and some that I don't. And I think the most important thing, you know, for me at least is like, was that relationship a healthy relationship and did we treat each other well? And if we did, then the friendship is possible. But if it was a bad relationship and we didn't treat each other well, then a friendship is going to be much more difficult and it's probably better that we don't talk. So I've got a balance of both. It's not like I talk to all my exes. It just really depends on how that relationship went down. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about then moving into business or you already had, I mean, you'd already been doing traveling while you were together. You did this like whirlwind 
year long trip. So can you talk about like both that and then kind of moving into that side of the business relationship? 2009, we were living in Chicago. We're originally from Phoenix, but we were in Chicago at the time. And I had just started a master's program. And like, I was basically already planning my escape, which was master's program is two years. And then my company was paying for the master's. So I had to stay for an extra year. It's basically like we kind of decided after three years, we're leaving Chicago and let's, we were going to move to California and we were going to take like a short break in between and do some traveling. And then it just, we kind of got this idea of like, well, we don't have to start working right away. Let's just like travel for a year. So we saved like a shit ton of money, sold everything we owned, um, got some like round the world plane tickets that I got through like points and miles and credit card points and shit like that. And um, went on this like trip for, for a year and we started this blog, but basically just to act as a journal, right? To kind of like chronicle our stories of visiting these different places. And keep our family kind of up to date of where we are and what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. So um, yeah, that we were, that it was never meant to be a business or anything like that. And it then, was a kind of a dream though, a fantasy. Yeah. We mm. saw like other like professional, professional bloggers and we're like, oh, wow, I guess people are doing that. But we never were like saying we should do that. And then my like the light bulb went off in my head one time, like maybe six months into this trip, like we had earned 13 cents on a banner ad, like on our website, which I didn't <laughs> even really know we had banner ads. I was like, where is this? I'm still waiting for that 13 cents. But I was like, shit, you can actually make money from this. And it took a very, very long time before our, our blog Too Bad Tourists like actually made revenue and became a business, probably not even... It's probably only been like the past four or five years or so. Um, but but yeah, it started off very unintentionally. Yeah. So then, uh, so we were working together, you know, we started together, what, around 2010 mm -hmm. then? And then we broke up. 2012. Oh, when did we and then we up? broke up in 2018. Yeah. So I think the plan was always to continue it together, really. I mean, there yeah. was, I don't think we yeah, ever questioned was, that. No. Because, um, I mean, that was, you know, our, our the only baby we were going to have together was our blog. <laughs> That's so true, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I, I'm interested in how you made both while you were together, both the business. How do you keep those things separate? How do you keep business and relationship as separate things? Or did you or did it? Was it just all part of the one relationship? Yeah, I guess it was kind of all just mixed up. I would say from yeah, from like 20, 2013 is probably the time where we really started um, trying to do something with it from a business standpoint, even though it was just very part time. And so from 2013 to twenty. I mean, really until last year, it was part-time. It was only like a few hours every week. We're really only uh, full-time for about the past year. And so, yeah, it was just kind of a mix of like when you have time during the week on a weekend, weeknight, you just do it, write an article or, you know, do a little something here and there. There's, we never really had to separate too much. Um, I mean, it might have been something also, I mean, we never really reflected or talked about it, but it might have even been helpful in a way of like, a way like we separated our romantic lives, but it was something that, you know, forced us to stay together yeah. and i mean we are best friends and we still have love for each other so yeah, yeah. it might have been something also that it is it good is, for us it is in the that baby way. we never had yeah. so <laughs> it is both of our passions so um it was just you know very i think natural i think uh the awkward thing was just because we did advertise ourselves mm -hmm. and promote ourselves as like a gay travel couple so they the more difficult thing for us was how do we navigate yeah. like <laughs> we're not together anymore. And so maybe mm. people who are following us uh, kind of like that story, but I mean, we just have to be honest and like, this is who we are. This is our story. So, and I think yeah. it's also part of the story. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's good to see two people who are divorced and uh, still friends and still work together. Bringing it back. Do you use the word partners for each other right now? <laughs> Business partners. <laughs> it was funny. I was just telling David before the show, cause we were kind of reviewing the, the episode topic. And I said, I actually purposely use the word partner in an ambiguous way 
when I'm talking to people that related to the business or blog that involves David and I will just call him my partner because I just don't want to get into the, oh my God, that's like, that's so much to unpack. Like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, well, we were married, married for 12 years, but we're divorced, but we're still best friends, but we have this business, but we're still, so I'm just like, oh yeah, David, my partner. You and allow they, they, them to assume exactly, that we're they can both assume, romantic yeah, and business. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and if they ask, they won't be like, well, you said he was your boyfriend. No, I said he was my partner. I meant my business partner. So the ambiguity mm-hmm. will kind of like save me so I don't look mm-hmm. like an asshole. But I just sent an email out uh, asking for some information from somebody, uh, one of our colleagues. And I was like, oh, uh, you know, my business partner, Austin. So I like use the word partner, but I clarified business uh, just to avoid yeah, it. I, I pick and choose depending on. Yes. Yeah. I do the same. Because honestly, people do. If someone just stumbles upon our blog today, right? Like you find our Instagram or our blog page, like we definitely look like a couple. We don't, mm-hmm. if you look at our images, we're not like romantic. We're not like kissy or huggy unless you go back to like 2018. But even then we weren't like that, that romantic in our photos. So people probably always assume that we are a couple. And most of the time we have to like kind of come, come out, out as, as broken mm-hmm. up. Um, mm-hmm. And that happens particularly like, we we um we run trips where we invite followers to come on our trips and they pretty much all assume we're uh, a couple unless they've listened to like one of our podcasts where we've talked about it or something like that. It's interesting because it's reminding me of the word queer. Oftentimes people describe not not the umbrella term, but like to describe yourself, your sexuality or your gender. People use that both because they can feel like it fits and also there is some intentional ambiguity like i don't want to get into like i'm gay but like five percent bisexual and i'm exactly. exploring it like thinking about the word pan as my orientation but right. i'm also like a little bit asexual so i'm not sure like there's all these things where it's like you know what it's a lot I'm to just queer like exactly. I, just, and I i have nothing to hide it's just sometimes i'm just i'm talking to someone and it's just i just need to do something really quick and i don't want to go there because it's unnecessary yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 mm-hmm. and yeah straight people kind of like they get the language and it's theirs so they get they get to use it in ways that are like make sense to all of them and we have to kind of like con- i don't know we have to kind of have to conform to them so like and they're always like very curious about what every single thing means you know like they learn about what top and bottom means and they're like oh tell me who fucks who and you're like that's not like i don't know they're just always curious about our language i feel like it's unfair that they they get the language and we have to like mold ourselves around them i'm happy with them using partner though i mean i think they need help they need to take examples (laughs) from the gay relationships (laughs) the straights are not okay (laughs) so if they're borrowing our our examples and our words please it'll make all our lives easier if they can get their shit together That's true. Is we didn't explicitly talk about that. Oh, you did, Mike. You're annoyed bit. when you're annoyed when when straight people. I think that there's some. Yeah, there are some straight people. I think that think they're being cheeky or think they're being supportive when they're really just being vague. But like are with they, the word partner specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. are they being supportive? It's like when trans people are like if everyone uses their pronouns, pronouns then yeah. it's useful because it doesn't out one person if they use their pronouns. Like, right. is is that the same as partner? If everyone or a lot of people use the word partner, then saying partner doesn't get doesn't automatically say I'm defo gay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It feels, it feels, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Part of me, part of me feels like they adopted that word that's vague in support of the gay community, but also in support of being closeted, right? Like the, what, what was being, what was being, what was being normalized was not talking about the gender of the person's mm. partner. And I, I don't know. I think that there's utility in being out and visible that, that, that actually like prohibited or, or, uh, you know, um, 
stunted. Interesting. You're wait. You said they're clo- they're they're closeting their straightness. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Huh. I, 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 yeah. I, I think they're closeting their straightness in an effort to help gay people also be closeted about their gayness in a context where the gender of their partners doesn't matter somehow. Yeah, as if it doesn't matter somehow. Yeah. I think some just also don't want to get married and then, don't, but don't want to use boyfriend and girlfriend like, too because it's not a know? permanent term, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also think like that that like presupposes that everyone should be out, you know, like that you sh- I, I agree there's absolutely value in being very visible, but not everyone can should wants needs to be out. So That's interesting. I, I know that not everybody can, but I guess part of me thinks everybody should. I would love it if everyone could. Yeah. But I think there are times where it makes sense that you don't want to don't need to don't or maybe you maybe can't. It's like that whole like color blindness thing. Like I don't see race. That shouldn't be the goal, right? Like <laughs> right. you, you, sh- you should, you should see that there are people of color and that their life experiences yeah. are different and not have that be a bad thing or a judgy thing. Like yeah. it should be okay to talk about. But and- you're, but, but that's a a great vision, a wonderful vision to have. And today, that's not the case. So it makes it. sense that people would want to stay undisclosed yeah. on their orientation. Yeah, well, and especially it. like in our in our world, like you know. Globally, 75, I think it's like 75 plus countries outlaw homosexuality and over 10, like it's punishable by the death penalty. So, you know, we still sort of live in our North American, Western European bubble um, where you can, we have the privilege of of being out, but I mean, so much of the world doesn't even have the opportunity unless they want to risk their lives. Oh yeah. There's definitely places we travel to that we were friends. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We were friends. (laughs) Dubai. Yeah. We, we spent a month, month in Ghana. Uh, volunteering oh, wow. at an orphanage and yeah we were we were, definitely we were friends, friends for a month <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting i think we covered the the partner's gamut any last words uh from the two of you before we take a break did we settle anything on did we come to a conclusion <laughs> did we, did we who need won? to who won did oh, we fix no, the world <laughs> no girl we need to reset expectations for our show and no, what we, we accomplish here <laughs> yeah every week we take a vote from our listeners and say who won kyle or mike and we'll be posting our typical poll go check it out on our facebook group i guess my god can we d- no that would be mean it would be i'd be real angry if you won every time you can do a poll on spaces yeah you can do a poll on spaces that's, right. that's true oh god um no no we didn't settle anything we just talked a bunch gayish um that's that's how we roll let's do you want to take a break Let, let's take a break 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 this is the part where mike and kyle take a break so are, are, so are we back? Oh, we're are we? Yeah, we're, yes. Wow, you really, you were genuinely asking. Yes, sure, we could be back. We're, we're back. We have had been back. We're, we're partners in this, Kyle. We can we can be back when we're both ready to be back. Okay, okay. Are, are you there? Great. I am back. Okay, great. We're back. Okay. Um, we're gonna do our gayest and straightest. We're gonna do our gayest and straightest. But first, uh, yeah, two bad tourists. Where can people find out more about you? What you're up to? Who you are? Tell us all the things. Yeah, so a couple of places. So you can definitely check out our podcast, which is Queer Travel Chat. So queertravelchat.com. And you can visit our blog and our website. That's twobadtourist.com. And we actually also host uh, gay group trips. So we host trips here in Madrid, in Barcelona. And we also do gay group cruises of this year, the Greek islands and of Spain and France on Virgin Voyages. So we basically travel out with um, a group of our followers and readers. So if you want to learn about that, check out our website. You can come solo or you can come with your partner. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have a big mix of uh, solo people, less partners. <laughs> no, partners are welcome. Partners are welcome. However, you, your Burn. business partner, your life partner, <laughs> Man, your lover. Going, 
Your your lover, your life partner. <laughs> Percentage chance I'll get laid if I go on any of those trips. That's the real question. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Oh wow, that's <laughs> wow. a guarantee. I'm just, I'm just a... trying to sell, 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 sell. sell. <laughs> I'm going to the Greek islands is like a dream of mine. That I mean, I've been like very quickly, and I was like, I need to come back. So that's definitely do that if you can. Take me with you. Okay, no, no, as your partner. No, yep. Oh god. All right. Well, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on socials at Gayish Podcast. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address, post office box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Um, I mentioned uh, be sure to check our appearance out on uh, Queers in Your Ears. Uh, we... Uh, we're on their podcast, so go listen to that. And we will be doing more together as well, so more to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, we're super excited to have you guys on our show. So on February 15th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, we're going to invite you guys to our show, Queer Travel Chat, and it's actually a live podcast. So we'll be chatting live, and people can actually call in and download the app and actually even ask questions live. And then on the 16th, we'll publish it live or publish it as like an actual podcast that you can listen to and download later. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. So definitely check that out if you want to hear us live. No yeah, editing. So you can't. You, you can't <laughs> no you editing. Can't fuck it up. Tune in. They, there's no. There's. It's, we'll man, see. it's live. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Are you sure yeah, you want to do that? I think so. I, Are you sure you want to yeah, do that? Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. I can. I can, and I do edit it. So the live is live. So whoever's listening okay. live gets the whatever is said gets to hear it all. And then after the fact, yeah. I clean it up yeah. a little bit. But the live part, yes, is just listen to both. No see what gets cut. See what you say gets cut because it was highly inappropriate. We're excited to. Do that. We're excited to have you. Gaius and Stratus? Yeah, let's do Gaius and Stratus. I will go first. Okay, go, Mike. Okay, great. Uh, so the the straightest thing about me this week is uh, there's my there's some water damage over my shower in my master bedroom from my upstairs neighbor, and there's just a big old hole, and there's like a diaper kind of like taped over the hole <laughs> that they put up. It's like a it's like a it's not an absorbent material, but it's like. It's like garbage bag like almost. It, like, yeah. Anyway, it keeps falling down. And so uh, the straightest thing about me this week is looking for my duct tape. The fact that I own duct tape yeah. is pretty straight. But then also that there's like multiple places in my home where duct tape might live. <laughs> just it, it just felt very butch. Yeah, especially and, keeping like, some of the structure of your home up. Like, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> duct tape yeah. fixes everything too. You should yep. have that everywhere. Yep. Absolutely agree. Uh, and then the, the gayest thing about me this week, I um, on Friday night, I went up to Capitol Hill to like entertain myself. But the Uber that I got, I walked up and grabbed the handle to the car door, which was the rear passenger side, like, you know, the door that you get into in an Uber and staring you right in the face. They had posted a sticker that was a cross made out of the American flag. Oh, no. And like in a in a place that was like anybody getting into that uber was going to see that sticker like this dude needed me to know just how christian nationalist he was yes. and my sheer fucking panic <laughs> like i just like i got in i just i didn't move i just stayed silent and um i was like thank god i didn't put in a gay bar as my destination but at like a oh. restaurant nearby because i needed to eat some shit first 
maybe, he's driving you to they're driving to Capitol Hill like I mean they obviously gotta be. he's got to be over it but then I got mad about it I was like are you fucking kidding me that like you're an Uber driver and you're gonna put that shit in everybody's yeah. face like there's no there is no reason for it it's yeah. absolutely offensive I, and horrible yeah so your gayest right. is is your your lack of safety and almost getting hate crime that's the, that's yeah. the <laughs> exactly that's right the yeah one. yeah, yeah. Wow. It, yeah. It, exactly or, or just the the idea that like a, an American flag cross is like can make my heart rate yeah, yeah. higher as I think is like, yeah. oh yeah that's you. clearly I like hey I'm I don't mind Nazis at all right. yeah. that's definitely <laughs> what that says for sure uh Kyle how about you guess the straightest my gayest is um <laughs> I was doing this like webinar session there were a bunch of us in a zoom call <laughs> and I found the hot guy and I pinned him nice <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I was like I, I, about that I'm before. listening <laughs> But you're pinned, sir. <laughs> um, my straightest is I went to um, the uh, our designer for, that we had for some time, the one that designed our logo, Cody Shipman, um, has, is started doing drawing events here in Seattle. Um, so it's one of those go look at a model, tr- try to draw. I'm not good at that stuff, but I signed up with a friend and was going... Everyone there shows up with their like notepad and pencils, oh, yeah. and I and someone was like, "You're supposed to bring your own," and I was like, felt like I was in the nightmare of like, you're you're in class and you're not ready for the test or whatever. Yeah. So my lack of preparation when all the gays were all prepared mm-hmm. and I was the only one that was just like, "Hey, I'm here. <laughs> this is fine." My lack of, and then borrowing it from uh, some friends. Yeah, so that track. that's yes. my straightest. Um, uh, wants- Austin, David, yeah, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go for it. So uh, my straightest this week, uh, yesterday I buzzed my head, which I feel like is just a very military look. It looks great. It looks good. Rocking that, you know, straight military style. And I'm into it. Yeah. And uh, my gayest, last night I watched Benidorm Fest, which is like how Spain chooses their representative for Eurovision. And Eurovision is a super gay singing contest, as you probably know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, which will happen in, in May, which we're going to uh, go watch with our gay group trip in, in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I watched that last night, and then it was a flamenco singer who won, and she was amazing. So I was like living last night. Eurovision <laughs> is perhaps the gayest thing yes. in the Absolutely. world. Like, if, I can't so pick, is Kylie Minogue gayer? I don't know. What's the, I think Eurovision <laughs> wins as the gayest thing in the world. Yeah. A yep. thousand percent. It's the gays that Deserve, keep it going, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, Austin, Austin, how about you? Uh, my gayest thing this week was when I tweezed my eyebrows. Like <laughs> We're both done with like grooming, but yeah. opposite. Yeah. I was straight grooming, yeah. and yours is gay. And then the straightest thing I did was actually last night. Um, I hung out with one of my friends. Brought a couple other friends, and they were two straight guys. And I hung out with them all night. And for me, that's a re- that's like the straightest thing I ever do because I live in a gay bubble. I like live in the gay neighborhood in Madrid. My job, our our blog is gay. My clients are gay. Your my, boyfriend's gay. My boyfriend's gay. Like <laughs> I don't have straight friends, so that that was my straightest moment. <laughs> just being around them. <laughs> just being around them at a table. Did you straighten it up? Like, did you do some straight? Did you like fist bump or call them your bros? Or like... you know what? They were actually pretty like non-masculine, like overly toxic kind of guys. Okay. They, were, they were pretty chill. Yeah. It was okay. Easy. Okay. That's great. Well, awesome. First. I th- Kyle, thank you. Thank you for being my platonic life oh. business partner and and uh, being pretty okay at it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Mike, 
thanks for always being <laughs> ready to dole out lukewarm compliments at a glance. Thank you for being my partner yeah. in a non-sexual way that most people believe when we say it three times in a row. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We're absolutely, totally not sexual, even a little bit. Well, the way you said Life it. partnership. Yes, yes, <laughs> but for Realington. Uh, awesome, David. Thank you so, so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you yeah, guys so much. Had a great it was, time. It was a lot of fun. I'm kind of hoping Mike's going to close the show and is like, low lawyer, daddy voice. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Do you want to close the show? <laughs> no. Kyle, Kyle has some other people to thank first. Oh, real quick. yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in my cool, sexy oh, voice. Hey, hey, everybody. This oh, is Daddy Kyle. No, it's, it's not different. working. It's, it's not doing it for me, and I'm like in the middle of it, and I tr- feel trapped. Okay. It's a little different. Thank you. <laughs> Our super gap bridgers, Andrew Bugby, Christopher M, John Carley, Stephen Porch, Yo Stosel, Harry Shaw, Josh Copeland, Jonathan Montanus, Forrest Neal, Patrick Martin, James Barrow, Steve Douglas, Explosive Azania, Michael Cummington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B. Does, Sans A. Coleman, Chris Cachatorians, and Jerome York. We appreciate you and your partnership in Ooh, this endeavor. Good segue. That's Thank it. You. Uh, this oh. has been Gayish from the Chris Cachatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. <laughs> until next week, dear listener, which be fabulous be you. Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs>